We just jumped into a brand new year. This means you have the opportunity to do things over again. You can start working out, eating better, and maybe start tweaking your finances. Most people ask us, what is the most important thing that they should focus on when it comes to working on their finances? In today's episode, we're going to give you that one thing and how to take your plan to the next level. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you who live demanding lives who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tom Seco and I'm joined by CJ Burnett. We are financial advisors, owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the host of this podcast, Smarter Vet Podcast. Our mission is to provide education to veterinarians so they can get clarity, take control, feel confident, and experience contentment. For those of you listening for the first time, we have other resources available on our website, such as a complimentary financial race CEs, assessments, videos, and articles. You can find them by visiting our website at flvetadvisors.com. And those of you who do like this episode, the biggest thing you could do for us or even our podcast, go to our Facebook page, or if you're listening to this on Apple, write us a review. Uh, that would really help other people know that you're enjoying it. And so other people might potentially hear about it as well. And if you want to take a screenshot of what you're listening to right now and post it on your Facebook feed, I think that'll be really good as far as helping other veterinarians find the podcast so they can work, they can get started on working themselves towards financial independence. I think that sounds great. I love financial independence. Who doesn't? Who doesn't well, want to not have to worry about a paycheck? Mm -hmm. No, I love it. Well, so, you know, with this episode, we're, we're going to be talking about that one thing. So a lot of times people ask us, hey, if I were to do something in my finances, like what is that one thing we can do? And, you know, without any further ado or without any more delay here, the one thing that you should be doing daily in your finances is focus on how much money you're saving. That's oh, it. like the saving. Yeah. So like, I, okay, so we know life doesn't let a lot of you save, right? It's too hard and you probably struggle with it a lot, but this episode is actually for you. Don't feel like it is too big of a mountain to climb because we're going to give you some of the tools that you probably need that you haven't had before. And maybe, maybe you've heard of them, but you haven't actually taken action steps towards doing them that will get you to a position where you can start accomplishing saving money. And if you're saving a little bit, and you want to save a lot, right? You want to figure out how do you go from maybe a 4% savings to, or a 5% savings to saving 20%, right? All of these tips and tricks are at your disposal. 20% is a big number. For any of you who are listening for the first time here, that's, that is a number we always talk about getting to is in saving. And uh, if you're not there, it's always something to, you, you need to have a goal or a target to go after. And so many of you know that there are lots of decisions that you have to make in your finances every day. And they're all important. Things like saving for retirement, buying auto insurance, the type of disability insurance you have, paying off your debt. I mean, that's a big one that a lot of people pull up. They're all huge decisions. And you know, the list goes on and on and on of multiple things that are out there. But the habit of saving at a high level is, is incredibly important. And when we say high level, just to reiterate again, it's 20% of your earnings. And you know, the more that you can focus on saving money, there's sometimes you can rely less on a lot of other stuff that's happening in the world and you can put more control in your plan. 
And, you know, most of our industry tends to focus more on trying to earn higher growth, trying to earn more on investing. So as you might see, sometimes statistically, people will start looking at, you know, what is the, the savings average that's out there? And it's actually a lot less than, you know, the 20% number. And many people, they put their emphasis more on their plan of, hey, where do I invest? What do I do? How do I get to a part where I'm earning these super great returns that people talk about? However, there's a lot of those things that really they're just, they're out of your control. And if, if you're not retired completely yet, you know, the, the focus should be on saving money. For those of you who are with us and you're getting closer to retiring, you know, you're going to also go from the shift from saving money, not to spending money, which is always a whole fun conversation. And maybe we can talk about that another time. Well, uh, I, think, I think it's important because, I mean, if you think about if you save more, then you can rely on the stock market less. Hmm. Like you don't have to get high rates of return when you have high rates of savings. So you tell me if I put away more money, I might not have to worry as much about, you know, having to earn these high returns that most people are going after. I mean, that's just math. Okay. Like, like that's just, that's just math. We, we can tell that because we have calculators that say that if you save double what your neighbor is saving, your neighbor has to get a higher rate of return to get to the same spot that you, that you're going to be in, in, in five years, 10 years, 20 years, right? Especially the consistency of saving. Right. You know, saving one year, fine, but like the consistency of saving, right? That's small. And and what's funny is I think most people struggle with like a bunch of these, like actual why are they saving? Yeah, what's the point? Like what's the whole point? A lot of the time it's not because we have too many expenses, right? It's because we aren't motivated. We haven't gotten to the point where it's absolutely has to happen. So, you know, when we're not sure where our income is going, when we're spending money and we're kind of living life and not really paying attention, right? And there's no way to effectively track where money is going. It's really a matter of our money controlling us as opposed to us controlling our money. No effective way to track too, because when we are sitting there not knowing where money is going, then of course it's going to find wherever it wants to go. I'm sure a lot of you out there, I mean, even myself, and I'm sure CJ can agree with this too. Amazon probably has taken so much of our money over time. <laughs> I hate Amazon and I yes. love Amazon. It's like the greatest thing and yet the worst thing. I, I would be curious to anyone who's listening too, if you have one of those like buttons, I think that they started introducing, like you just start pushing the button and it reorders I do. stuff for you. I actually do. No, I I, <laughs> okay. I do. And it's, and it's for those things that I, it's actually not for the things that I should be buying. Like I, the only, the only buttons I have, you're talking about the one-time push and then it buys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I have it for like the things that like, really, I don't need You know, all the things that I need. uh, I don't have the button for. That's incredible. Yeah. So, well, like going back to the struggles here, the people's usually struggle a lot with saving money also, because there's a lot of life's unknowns and there might not be a lot of margin that they have in their life. And basically meaning, you know, things are happening one after another, you have certain expenses popping up, buying things that maybe are a little stretching my income a little bit more than they should be. And basically what's happening is if we're not going back to the fact of like where we're tracking or understanding where things are at, constantly life's unknowns are always going to uh, be beating on us. We're always going to have to be in this position of like, how do we keep getting ahead? And if you save 20%, you'll start spending less. And, and if you target on only let's say saving 20% and you haven't really gotten to the part of 
understanding where your money is going, it can be very easy to start digging into that 20% where a lot of times people will start running this circumstance of where they put money into their savings account. And then they use that savings to go buy a house, they go buy a car. Um, and then even like at the same standpoint, there's the factor of having kids is another part in there, or starting a business and all these other different things that come in. Right. And when you don't have a margin for error built in your savings plan, when, you know, when you don't have that, like that buffer, right. then all, you know, people will aim for 10%, but then they hit five because, you know, kids need braces or, you know, your car has a problem that you have to fix, whatever. Now, another struggle, a lot of people that I know are listening to this, they're having a struggle with getting on board, getting on the same page actually with their spouse, right? Sometimes our spouses are not on board with us. We want to track spending. We want to know where money is going, but maybe we have a spouse that just is not that motivated to be a partner, to be a teammate with us in that adventure. And we'll talk about it a little bit today, but I do know that we're going to be coming out with more material in the future on more of the relational aspect, especially when it comes to spouses and how to manage money together as a team. Because oftentimes, I think when it comes to finances, especially, we can sometimes be viewed as adversaries uh, and not as a, a, an actual team of, of two. Right. Well, it, to think of with a spouse to maybe you haven't gotten to the part where you're married yet, or maybe you are pretty serious with someone else or fiance, like these are definitely things like if there's anyone else that you are trying to create a future with, if everyone's not on the same page, that can be a very big struggle. Another struggle that we find here, and this is another huge one, is you know, we really just don't want to. It's like the factor of I want to just be in the moment. I want to enjoy life. I want to just do things and not have to worry about the future. And I'm sure anyone who's listening to this, especially if you're a millennial at times, I know CJ and I were still within that kind of weird we're grandpa millennials. Grandpa, grandpa millennials. millennials. <laughs> so uh, not wanting to, because the future is so far away. And, you know, why would I start putting away for something that maybe I might not ever get to enjoy? And there's like really no pain to any of like in the future, because it's like, now I need the money. Now I want to use the money. That's the key right there. Like there's no pain, like by not saving, you don't feel the pain of the not saving until the future. Right. So there's no sense of urgency to saving, right? Of and course. I think as we talk through these things, maybe as a listener, like you should be thinking like, is this me out of all these things? Like what, what am I struggling with personally? Because you may actually be struggling with one of these things and not even know it, mm -hmm. right? So with no pain until it's later, right? So when you lose your job, now you feel the pain. When the right. coronavirus happens, now you feel the pain. When you get engaged and now you got to pay for a wedding, now you feel the pain of not saving, right? Now you, because you want to pay for a wedding. And, you know, I think that's really understanding, like, are you not saving because you aren't really that motivated because there's no pain behind it? You don't feel like there's really a sense of urgency. Yeah. Just one other thing to add to that too, is a lot of times people will start making it more of a, a priority once it's kind of too late. And what I mean by too late is there's this whole thought of like, I have time. And let's just say I'm like, I'm in my twenties and I've got a 30 or 40 year career. I can just, I can wait to put away money. Like, why not? But what happens is that life doesn't actually work out always the way we intend it to. And usually like time is the biggest factor that we cannot get back in our life. So like when we're relying on a future date or hoping that things are going to be better or different in the future, you know, spoiler alert here, a lot of people, if you ever talk to them, they've hoped or wished to do something 
And then five, 10 years later down the road, they're like, yeah, I still can't do it because of X, Y, and Z. There's always something else of priority that comes into play. There's other factor that comes in there. So with these struggles, these are many common things that we address all the time with people as we're working with them. And when it comes to saving money, just to really shift to like, what are some techniques and some things that you can start doing? We have to first start understanding, okay, where are we saving? Like, where are we putting it? Like, what is it doing? What's the intentions? What's the purpose for it? That's right. And there's two main areas that we want to look at. The first one is your emergency fund. And also I like to add, this is kind of like my key thing that I started adding a long time ago is fund money in quotes. And this is money that you're setting aside that could be for an emergency. However, maybe you want to go buy a fancy new car or you're looking to purchase a house or there's certain things that you're just looking to kind of delay spending today so you can buy it sometime in the near future. So like your, your fund money, your emergency fund could be there. And like, you know, that uh-ohs being that emergency fund, like things do happen. And hopefully you're not going to be that person that has a couple of dollars in their bank account where you're like, holy cow, I don't, I don't have any money to be able to pay for this expense. And now I'm having to put it on a credit card or take on more debt. And, you know, when you go to buy something, for instance, too, whenever there's money that you put in this account, if you're trying to save for your future, once you, once the money's out of the account, it's gone. And especially this comes into consideration of, let's say you're, you're going to go buy a car, for example, and you're just going to write a check, pay off the car instead of making monthly payments towards it. That money that you've now contributed towards the car is never going to come back. And so now it's, it's like, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. It's a car, right? You don't get money back in a car. Like you might sell it, but you, no matter what you sell it for, it's going to be less than what you bought it for. Right. And, that, and that's just one example. So like if you were instead going to take that monthly payment and try to save it over time, like how long would it take for you to save all that money back that you actually just spent? So this particular area would be considered saving to spend. That's what we oftentimes refer to it. It's the savings to spend money. It's money that you set aside because you know that eventually it's going to be spent. It's going to leave your world eventually, but for right now it's parked, right? In, in your, in your emergency savings, right? For, for some sort of large plan purchase or for something that's going to come up that you don't even know about, right? That, that margin of error. The, the second spot that we would save money is your future plan. And you know, what is your future plan? Well, this is not having to work for money in the future. Basically. That sounds great. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. You, Can we repeat that again? Can we just repeat that again? Yeah. You, you work your entire career or a certain time period where you save money to then not have to work for money anymore. Can you like, okay. You don't have to work for money. Yeah. Like what? Like that's like, it's so funny how people just like move past that so fast when we say it. Yes. And it's, it's important to park on this. You literally build up enough wealth where your wealth starts earning you money and you don't have to work for money because your money is working for you. I mean, that's like, that's the future plan that you should have. Right. And, well, and this is something that to really take into consideration. You're like, if you are saving money in these two spots that you're putting it, your emergency fund and fund money should not be your future plan money. And basically whatever money you're taking from your future plan, you're basically in lack of better terms here, you're robbing yourself. Like you're putting yeah. yourself in a position of like not being able to enjoy your, the ability to choose to not work at some point. So, and of course we have a, a way that you can go about saving for the future. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. However, when people are looking at their future plan, so many of them have such a small amount that's been saved up 
because the, a lot of the emphasis on lifestyle, because, and I'm, I'm sure CJ can agree with this on this is we all have a, this lifestyle type of addiction to where we want to always have something or get something or buy something. And it tends to cause us to get so caught up in the trees that we can't see the rest of the forest. So like the fact that like so many people over time will get to the part of not having much saved up. It has a lot to do with our culture, like our marketing messages and the things that we see even on a daily basis, we're being marketed to uh, Facebook, TV, billboards. I mean, there's just how many marketing messages do you see per day that isn't, isn't the statistic we all see like 10 or 20,000 advertisements a day? It's something a lot. There's a bunch of numbers that are thrown out from those statistics, regardless of whether it's 3,000 or 20,000. I mean, the truth of the matter is we are bombarded with these messages that you are not satisfied. You are not content with life until you have this product, right? And so we're facing an uphill battle a lot of the time when it comes to trying to save money because the world wants to take it from us. Right. So being aware of that, being aware of your own personal spending habits, being aware of your own personal leanings when it comes to just marketing in general. Like I, I know which marketing messages I'm going to fall susceptible to more so than others. Like I absolutely know that about myself because I've studied myself long enough, right? And most people aren't a student of themselves. I think that was a Confucius quote or, or was it Confucius or maybe it was, I don't know, somebody from the some, past. Some wise person. Some wise person said, you know, if you can master yourself, you are the master of all masters or something, right? So, you know, understanding yourself and how you behave brings awareness and it can give you, give you a lot of control, right? And so the, uh, the other thing with your future plan, if you're putting money away for your future plan, it really, that's money that you really want to put an emphasis on investing and earning rates of return, right? So like you want to get it out of your world of the money that you're spending, get it into the world of your future self, right? And be able to at least have it be put to work and, and in order for that money to grow and become something better in the future. Now, when you look at rates of return, you got to keep in mind that you don't have control over the investments. You have control over what you pick, but you don't have control over the results. And if you put such a hard, hard emphasis, if you don't save enough money and you put a large emphasis on investing and not enough on saving, the economy, the stock market, the bond market, all of those things start really now to determine your future. Right. Now, if you're not sure where to start with that savings, listen to episode 15 on how to get a savings plan. This is where we introduce the concept of what we call the wealth coordination account. It's just a fancy name. It's not really like an actual account. It's just a fancy name that we call the account that you put aside money towards to then put to work for you for your future plan. And it'll talk, we actually, in the episode, we talk about how to automatically save without putting a lot of effort towards it. That sounds good. Yeah, I know. That's like the best part, right? You don't have to really, you don't have to really try hard. And yes, savings, you know, spending money is a daily thing. Saving money can actually be automated so that you don't have to, you don't have to pay attention to saving. It will just happen for you automatically. Right. Just something to add to this as well. The Wall Coordination account can sometimes be used as an emergency fund and fund money, but its sole purpose is to be for your future plan. And if you want to know more specifics, make sure to go back to episode 15. You'll be able to get a lot more details. And the shift, just like even with saving, we put so much emphasis on this with every person we work with. I will say that every person that we end up talking to, our goal is to get them the 20% of their savings, of income and savings. And most people get there. 
And the, the reason why is because they are putting a lot more emphasis and more focus on getting to that level because they know what they're trying to accomplish. And when you save more money, what happens is that you can rely less on the economy. You can rely less on the, uh, the markets. You put a lot more control in your hands. So like what we had mentioned earlier, if your neighbor is saving 5% and you're saving 20%, you could potentially outsave them even based off of them investing it and earning certain returns. And the crazy thing about this, really crazy, is that you may not even have to invest it. Oh, Tom. Yeah. You're a financial advisor. How could you suggest such a thing? Yeah. Go get one of those uh, those metal folders cans. I don't even know if they sell what? them here. I think they're plastic oh. now. Go get <laughs> a, a metal... Yeah, a metal folders can and just put all your cash inside of that and bury it in the backyard. I would highly not recommend that, but because uh, <laughs> you just never know what could happen to the money over time. But you, you get the kind of the idea of that. And, and the cool thing is when you don't have to invest, when the market's down or, or when the economy is going sideways and different things, you're not having to stress out and look at what the balance of your 401k is doing or the balance of your IRA, your investments. Like, so the main thing is like, if you're saving at a very good level, it puts more flexibility, it gives you more control. And now you have the ability to do more things in your financial life than maybe you even imagined. Well, just to clarify, you're not saying that they shouldn't invest. You're just saying that there is the potential where if you can keep a lot of cash on hand and not feel guilty for not investing it. I well, mean, that's really what you're saying. Well, what we said right? a minute ago was, you know, you may not have to invest. It wasn't a, you know... You get to the part where you could be, hey, might not have to invest. Maybe you want to invest. It just, it gives you the options. That's right. the biggest thing of it. And I guess that's to make sure that people don't feel like they, you know, because there's a lot of people that contact us and say, oh, you know, I need to start investing money right now. And it's like, well, you don't have enough liquid cash. Yep. I mean, they think they do, but we would look at it and say, mm, probably not. Like you, they're just, you know, they're one more- oh away from their, their finances falling apart. Yeah, like they got five grand in their checking account and they've got, you know, $30,000 in their savings and they want to invest $30,000. And it's like, well, your mortgage is $3,000 a month. I'm not really sure if, I'm not really sure if it's okay to have $5,000 of liquid cash on hand when your mortgage is 3,000. I mean, you could, but I don't, I'm not sure if that's uh, necessarily prudent. Um, right. But, and everyone's different, right? Everyone's, everyone's financial life is a slightly different. And I think it's important that people don't look at these things in silos because that's really the, 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 the illness that is out there is that when people talk about paying off debt or investing money or saving money or buying particular types of insurances, they, they're looking at it in silos and they're not looking at the bigger picture of how, how everything connects. So, Well, you all have gotten that one big thing today and it's safe. That one thing you can do. And the great thing is the next episode, we're actually going to be giving you some actionable steps on how to become a better saver and how to manage your spending in a way that fits your lifestyle. So if, if you enjoyed this episode today, you know, make sure to go to our Facebook page, go to Smarter Bet Podcast, show us some love by liking the page, write us a review. And it's always best to make sure that something, if you're looking to like, hey, how do I maybe take a bigger look at my picture? It's always best to make sure that your finances are together before you jump into any type of big commitments. Uh, you can easily find out some holes, things that you might have in your plan right now by visiting our site. On right, right on the front page of it, there's a button that says test my plan. By taking our brief assessment, you'll get a, uh, a overview of where you might be falling a little short, some things maybe you're not very aware of, uh, and it can give you some guidance or some direction on some things you could focus on. 
If you are less than 10 years from retiring or selling your practice and need a second opinion on your plan, please go to our website, fill out the contact form on our website at FloridaVeterinaryAdvisors.com. That's FLVetAdvisors.com. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Success, success, success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purposes only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023-151153 expires February of 2025.